Welcome to a talk of opportunity. Today we have Andrew and myself. Jose. we're going to get started and talk about session zero. Well, the importance of session zero. The importance of session zero. Just play the damn music. Session zero, Andrew, for you. Why is it important and why should people not skip it? Okay, so um, session zero, why it's important to me. The reason why it's important to me is because let's take our most recent um, uh, couple sessions that we've been playing. Uh, we have been, we actually just finished our second session of Curse of Strahd. Okay. I think the session zero was important for that for two, two functioning reasons. And the first one was because you want to establish a background of, of like expectations for your players. Um, and in this case, it was more of a, um, for lack of a better term <laughs> and, and, and to kind of avoid spoilers, um, it was more of a like, Ah, oh, jeez. It's like it's like right on the tip of my tongue. Improv? No, no, it's not really an improv. It's it's more like it's more like what to expect from the adventure. Expectations. Expectations. Yeah. Setting just, expectations. Yeah, general expectations of the adventure. Whereas, whereas when we were like, for instance, when you were doing your um, session zero for Dragon Heist, you emphasized that hey, this is going to be a lot of role playing. You know, a lot of using the investigation checks and a lot of perception checks and stuff like that. Whereas I wanted to let the players know that this is going to be a more, I don't want to say basic, but a more uh, like traditional story or a more traditional campaign to where it's the players don't have to worry about making a character that's solely for role, role playing. Um, they can, they, they can essentially, um, sort of fill in the gaps, if more or less. So, like, if one character wanted to play combat, he can. If one player wanted to be a role-playing heavy character, he can. But also, not only that, but it also kind of prepares your um, your players. It kind of makes it a little bit more fair to them. Because, for instance, if I didn't say anything about what Curse of Strahd was, you know, what if somebody wasn't comfortable with the idea of you know going into what is essentially like a horror movie like what if they weren't you know what if they were expecting to play a normal like sword and sorcery campaign and instead we got like like in the first session where it was essentially a bunch of scary music and a lot of um like atmosphere and you know a lot of heaviness so you kind of get what i'm saying yeah, no, most definitely. I think, I think, man, session zero. It really, it's really a time for the DM to set ex- set expectations, and I keep saying that because there's not no other way to describe it. I've, you know, like with with Dragon Heist, I tried my hardest to like uh, make it very clear that it was going to be full on role play, very little combat, and in fact, since you guys were inside the city, um, it was going to be uh, actually better for you guys to not get in fights and in trouble with the guards. Right. And 
in my opinion, I think that let you guys to create characters that kind of like manage to, and, and in fact, you guys did manage to you manage a way to talk yourself out of encounters, which I really uh, thought it was very clever because for a party that likes to kill all the things, uh, it was the time for you guys to flex your creative muscles on how to get out of things. Right. Um, even though you failed and kept dying because well, of explosions. Well, I mean, well, that, but that wasn't that wasn't the meat and potatoes of Dragon. Right. Right. Now, right. Right. Now, now it would be one thing if you had told us, "Hey, this is going to be a game where you talk to a lot of people. You're going to be dealing with a lot of like charisma based roles." And then someone rolls a character with like a nine charisma score. That that'd be one thing. But if yeah. you just say, "Hey, we're preparing a campaign. I don't know, make a character." Which and, hey, and and then, and then you tell them it's a role play heavy game. Okay, well, what if they just made a fighter with True. no charisma, no intelligence, no nothing? True. You know, I mean, granted, for certain people that is kind of fun. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I know, I know, me personally. I would like to flavor my character based on the campaign. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's also it's also very important for uh, the the party to come together and just talk about like which role each one is gonna um, is gonna take on. Right. Uh, you know, for the most part, I think this group specifically uh, likes to find a balance. Um, you know, we always have the heavy hitters, the tank, and the healer. That's kind of like the basic. But for Waterdeep, we had two two bards, and I thought that was a lot of fun. You know, they played off of each other, which was great. It, it was perfect for Waterdeep. Yeah, and I think I, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that you kind of told us that this is going to be a non-traditional adventure. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we weren't really too terribly worried about having a cleric or a healer or something like that. Um, and and at the end of the day, it really didn't end up anything like that it could have been we could have played any class just as long as well i mean in any adventure you can play as any class that's kind of the beauty of 5e but um but it really relied a lot more on like the role-playing and social aspects right so so really i mean I, and you can you can say either this is a detriment to the adventure or not but the classes kind of came second in that adventure you True. know Whereas, yeah. whereas again, setting expectations, I wanted to let the players know that party balance was pretty, it wasn't, it wasn't like super important, but it was just like, if you don't have a balanced party for Curse of Strahd, it's going to be not a hard time, but it's going to be a, a rougher time. Which you know. yeah, you did tell us that it was uh, the the classic party was very welcome in uh, yeah. in the setting yeah, um, right. and I mean I think uh, to an extent everybody knows that but I feel uh, a, a much more important thing about session zero and this specifically applies to uh, new groups especially when you go to like uh, uh, a gaming store and you're you're trying to find like a, a new DM or a new group is you get to actually meet the players before you actually start the game. And without saying without saying it out loud, you set yourself expectations like, hey, you know, like this one player, I can't I can't joke around like I do with like my other friends and stuff like that. I think more importantly is for new groups uh, that have play, uh, players that may not know each other. I think is you know, it's, it's a good social interaction to get to know each other and know 
what kind of jokes, what kind of talk you can bring to the table. Um, and be mindful of that. Well, hopefully a well-adjusted adult will be able to um, set themselves standards based right. on the people that they're around. Right. And that's something that's like, say, I mean, outside of our table, let's just, let's just say this is a first time that a group has ever gotten together. It's, it's a, it's a group of random people at like a game store or something like that. It's, you know, adventure league. Okay. Like a session zero, even like a brief, like 15 minute session zero before they even start playing like that same night would be, uh, would get rid of a lot of um like potential grief that might come in the future um because it's it's kind of taken it's more or less in that setting it's more or less like a verbal like consent form you know like 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 that infamous rpg consent form thing I was, that's been I was going just, around. yeah i was just thinking about that you that you brought it up and it's one of the things it's like if if I was doing something like that, which I won't because I, you know, that kind of anxiety, I'm not putting myself through that. But, <laughs> but if, if I ever had to do something like that, I mean, I would make it pretty clear cut that, Hey, I'm not going to allow like this. I'm not going to allow that. Like, I like no, no sort of like weird, <laughs> like you, you know, my fears, like I'm always afraid of that one guy that tries to turn this to like a weird sex thing. And I'm like, Nope, I'm cutting that out right now. Yep. You know? Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of where the session zero, like in, in terms of, in terms of like establishing a rapport between, you know, on both sides of the screen, you know, like that's, it's more or less like an interview. I can see know? that. Yeah, definitely. Where like okay, the players are expecting this, and the DMs are expecting this, and if you don't like it, now's the time to leave before you make you know some form of commitment. Because because right. what if you don't do that, and then you find out that your DM is like a sadist, and you know just pretty much is using this as like a power game. Like well, you know that's you're gonna. I mean, yeah, you can you can get up and leave the table right there, and you probably should you know, that's an hour and a half of your time or something that, you know, this all could have been avoided. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not guaranteed, of course, that in the sessions here, you're actually going to uh, know all this stuff, all these things right away. Uh, yeah. I'll, 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 they will develop as it goes, but um, it's, it's always good to, 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 to uh, keep in mind uh, when you go in uh, to a new group. Uh, so Andrew, uh, as a DM, what do you recommend uh, newer DMs or just anybody in general uh, to bring uh, to session zero. When you're establishing a session zero, the one thing, well, it, it kind of really breaks down into sort of um, more or less three, maybe four topics. And it's like, okay, what kind of genre are we playing? Um, and for like Curse of Strahd, I said it's a survival horror, which it is. And it's okay. Uh, how is it in terms of combat versus role playing? It's a pretty even amount of combat versus role playing, and this and this is kind of like the optional uh, thing. But it's like, well, how difficult is the combat in terms of Curse of Strahd? Uh, it can it can vary from moderate to severe. Uh, like I don't really think 
like as written, there's any easy encounters. Um, almost all of like the story based encounters are pretty brutal. Um, and, and, that is, and that is definitely like something that I wanted to share with the group. And also another important kind of thing is like what sort of style is the campaign. And by that, I mean, if you were playing like um, out of the abyss, you could say, well, it's, a, you know, narratively driven, i.e. railroady. Um, whereas this one, like the narrative kind of forms around the players. It's a, it's a sandbox. Right. And that was and that was something I was very open about, you know. Like I I, I said, you know, in in so many words, hey, after like the second session, and it turned out exactly like that. <laughs> after like the second session or so, the whole game is going to open up to you, and you can figure out where to go from there. Um, so I thought I thought it was kind of you know kind of important to establish that, especially because um, in this certain campaign, like things don't wait for the players hmm. you know well and, and they don't and that, and that was something that i you know i said it's a living breathing organic environment and right. whereas you know whereas some adventures like they'll wait for the players yeah and this uh, one not to interrupt you but it's, uh, it's funny you say that because i think that's the first time i hear that because even tomb of annihilation and storm king's thunder even though the world was going to end they made it very clear that like, Hey, let your players explore. There's not really, while there's a time limit, there's not really like a big rush. So that's very interesting that you mentioned that Curse of Strahd mentions or uh, specifically details the fact that things happens without the players. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like those like hard time limits and punishments and stuff like that, but there, there is a couple of times in the adventures and I'm obviously not going to say it for spoiler reasons, but there's a couple of times in the adventures where it says like, okay, once the adventures do this, there is X amount of time until this happens. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just, I just thought that was really interesting. And that was something I wanted to let, let the players know that like, Hey, you can like mess around and explore and stuff like that, but do be aware that, you know, you are, like the world is not written around you in this sense, you know, it is a very, you know, fish out of water scenario. And it's, it's, and I, I, I just, I just think that's a very, and, and I, I not entirely sure if I've heard of another adventure that kind of, or another adventure that does that. So that was definitely something that I wanted to let them know. Um, and I, that's why I felt it was important enough to include in the session zero. That's very, very, uh, that's very inter- interesting for me. Just because I've gone through like three books and, you know, that's why I let you guys, I like, guess, take your time, really. Huh. Yeah. And and then, like I said, I'm, there, I'm not going to be like, okay, time's running out. You got to do this. No, no, no. Right, right, right. You know, so, but, but I, but I think, I think it would really rob it of a lot of the life that was given to it if i didn't if i didn't do that um, definitely which by the way it, it, i just want to mention again and i'm not you know it, it's just you've been doing such a great job with christian Strahd. you have raised the standard for dming for me <laughs> <laughs> which I, I dude i'm telling you like you've been doing really good and i just want everybody to know because andrew is the bomb yeah i don't i actually don't 
like it's weird i don't like it's not it's okay none of none of of us none of us do and if you do you're a narcissist i can't i can't take a compliment (laughs) yep nope i'm the same way so I'm, i'm i'm happy to be on the other side to actually give compliments but to continue, uh, I, I just want to like you know like, I just want to bring some things up uh, since I was on the other side of the screen this time around. Uh, as a player, uh, to bring up to session zero, I think it's very important to uh, really think about your your character and maybe come out with like two three ideas. You know, like have a crazy one, right. a, a middle one, and like have a safe a safe one, and bring it up to your DM and make it very clear. You know, like hey, I want to play this. Is it okay? Is it is it are you allowing cool what kind of stuff, you know, like what kind well, that, of players, well, characters. Well, that's, that, that's another thing about session zero is that it kind of allows the players to say, okay, I've been really wanting to play like a bard or I've really wanting to play like a barbarian or something like that. And so that way the other players like, okay, this guy's going to play this. So I'll probably play that to kind of, you know, if, 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 if you're anything like me, which I'm not saying everyone should be like me, but you you, like we've had this discussion like i'm really personally as a player i'm real big on balance so if like if everyone's going to be this i'm i want to be that to kind of help you know balance the group out and and so i think i think that's another important thing about session zero is that it it allows this discussion to happen between the players about which characters like who's going to play what and you know what roles are going to fill but also another thing about that is is that it kind of um it does open the door to uh shall we say like like outside the box possibilities like for instance if i was running a traditional uh like a traditional adventure i i would say just go what's in the book but because, for example, like your blood hunter, it fits it fits the story almost to a T. Like, you know, it is it is a class that is a monster hunter. Yeah. You know, and it and it does like this magic that involves like, you know, it's like this dark blood magic user kind of thing. So I'm like, and naturally my fear of you know, homebrewing at first was just like, no. <laughs> you know, just stick to the book. But then I'm, but then I'm like, I'm probably never ever going to see this class in action again, outside of this. So it would be, it would be really dumb for me to pass this up, um, especially because, like I said, it fits the mood so well. As soon as I, as, I know I joked that I'm saying, oh, I want to be Geralt of Rivia. I want to be Geralt of Rivia. But like, when I first read the class, I think it was around the time when you first wanted to run Curse of Strahd. And man, I was so close to pick it because even the artwork that uh, Matt Mercer came up with, it just looked like it was pulled from, like the guy is from Barovia. It doesn't even look like it's from the Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's it, I, it, it fits so perfectly. And so far I'm having a blast with the class. Yeah, and that's, and, and you know, and the thing about it is, is that because because we told the rest of the players like, hey, this is going to be like a horror campaign. It's going to take on darker elements. We've had a lot of people, you know, we've had a lot of feedback on that. And mm-hmm. so, and so we've like, we've had, and it's kind of funny because, because we have like the two like opposite ends of the spectrum. We have Alex who is playing a grave domain cleric. And then we have Heather who is playing essentially an angel. Yep. 
and and i just i just thought that was really funny you know and then and then like you know and and then you have uh right and truby truby played by howard who is just a guy just <laughs> <a dude. laughs> and 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 that that is that is not a slight against him i think that's i think that's perfect because well well because the whole idea is that you're supposed to be more or less like tricked into the setting right also so, i mean in order for i think i believe in order for those characters you know the the lizard folk uh grave domain and the asimar and the kenku to stand out and have opportune moments to be weird you kind of have to have the human normal dude who yeah. contrasts who contrasts the event yeah and and this is something that me and howard briefly touched on but that to me that allows me to have more fun because because when you have just a like a human fighter that's essentially a blank slate yep like anything can happen to him that's true you know so i mean it's it so i believe me it is not a takeaway from the campaign don't don't turn off the lights though no (laughs) (laughs) yeah but no i i mean all all this stuff uh, i think it's very important for for any dm any player to look forward for a season zero i don't think i've met anybody who's actually been uh annoyed or doesn't want to do a session zero i I don't think that actually exists but if anybody's like even questioning a session zero like even if it's like a 15 20 minute session to just like talk about the setting talk about what's allowed what's not allowed uh and and everybody just briefly talk about their backstories and what they want to play Mm -hmm. i think that just it just makes the campaign so much better well i mean a session zero is important if both sides of the screen are going to be invested into the game yes now now i have now the group that i played with growing up like in middle school and high school there were no session zeros like we just we just no 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 session zeros whatsoever but then again the adventures were not serious they were not you know, they, they, they didn't have like stakes and stuff like, Oh, I mean, they did, but you know, it was essentially, it was the stereotype that, you know, like we're not really playing D and D we're just sitting around eating Cheetos, making dick jokes and drinking Mountain Dew, you know, kind of, you know, it was, it was a very goofy sort of, I would dare say like immature kind of playing. Hey, you, you know, you were a lot younger. Oh yeah. That's kind of respected. But that, but that's kind of the thing that's like where, you know, what's it? A couple of years back, I tried to play with them again. And I was just like, man, this is not what I want. <laughs> you um, know, like, like, like I want a story. I want payoff. You know, I want, and, and that's, and that's kind of the thing. Like, I, I, like, I, not, not to go too much into like personal backstory or something like that, but like, I've completely flipped on it now to where, like, I don't want to have like the character that's like, I'm going to take a, a like I'm, I'm gonna take a dump in the mayor's office like okay <laughs> you know like yeah you can do that but please don't well, yeah yeah i know i know what you're talking about i i guess I, i'm lucky well i don't know i i never had that experience because i started dnd as an adult mm. you know full-grown adult not even like young adult like full-grown adult uh so i guess all my players were always in the mindset of like yeah it's fun but it's a lot more fun when you're smart about it, you know? 
a more well, mature way to tackle the situations. Well, it's just it's just a lot more fun when you're invested in it. Right. You know, right. when when you go in having expectations and sometimes those expectations are subverted or they're met or something like that. But at the end of the day, you know, and it's it's one of those things where it, the the story that happens, like like even though I've read the campaign backwards and forwards, I have no idea how this is gonna turn out. <laughs> you know? But but I do know it's gonna have it's gonna have a good story. And that's because that's because the players are more and less just as invested as I am, if not more so in some case, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. It's I guess it's also something that you, you as a DM or as a player will be able to tell is if a person on the table is invested or not. Yeah. And, and you can, then you can decide whether you want to play with that person or not. Yeah. Again, this is all stuff that can come up in session zero. This is, I mean, because this is. I mean, what what was it? The one I told you about that uh, on a Facebook group, somebody mentioned that uh, one of the one of his players before they even started said that they didn't want to do. Oh, what was it? They didn't. They didn't want to play D and D because it felt like homework because there was paper and pen. Yeah, and if they could move it to roll twenty or whatever it was, which fair. I mean, that's fine, but. To move it to roll twenty is fine, but the fact that the player felt that just because they had paper, uh, I mean paper and pencil, that it was that it will feel like homework, right? And that's already a red flag for me. I, you know, I'm just like, wait a minute, I'm I'm expecting a, at least the minimal level of investment here, right. and if you can't do your homework, you can't follow along in the story. You know, like you you get to see that firsthand. Well, that's that's one of those things. Like that, that would be a player that's probably more for, um, like, oh, there's a Warhammer game where all it is, it's a board game. It's a Warhammer board game. It's like the original Warhammer, not 40k. And all it is, it's just a dungeon build. Oh, oh, not yeah, Dragon Quest. Uh, I think no, no, no. I think, something. I think, I think oh, it is my. something like that. Oh. But it's it, but it's it's essentially you just go in, kick the door down. Um, I think I think it is just Warhammer Quest. Yeah, yeah, it's just Warhammer Quest, and it's and it's literally just like you you like pre-generate you pre-generate a a, a dungeon like as you're exploring it. You just mm-hmm. kick down the door, kill the baddies, get the treasure, and get out. Hero and Quest. That's what I was thinking about. Hero Quest. Yeah. Okay. And to some people, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. You know, to some people, that's their fun, and I get that. But when, you know, when you tell me we're going to play D&D, okay, I want to kick the door down and throw fireballs and, you know, hit stuff too. But I also want a good story, <laughs> you know? I right. Want, I want, you know, it, it, and it doesn't have to be like a master class, like critical role, you know, style story. But I do want there to be, you know, set up and payoff. And, and that's kind of, and that's something that's also you you need to establish in session zero and that's and i don't know i'm not entirely sure if i said it to the group um when we were talking about curse of Strahd session zero because i kind of felt on the spot and i remember stammering a lot and tripping over my words but i wanted to make it very clear that i'm taking this seriously you know like this game is serious for me you know and if you didn't say it you've shown it 
and I think everybody gets it. So, I mean, I just, I, you know, and, and, and by the way, thank you. <laughs> Again, I can't take a compliment. So, um, <laughs> because I have this weird thing where I'm like, I'm, I'm never good enough. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know you do. So, um, yeah, because you have the same thing. Um, we all do. It's fine. It's, it's part of being an artist, I guess. Anyways. Um, but that's why that's why I made it very clear, like, hey, I'm going to play these people how I envision them. And, you know, like, naturally, they're not going to, you know, punish or hinder the player in any way, shape, or form unless the players deserve it. But it's just like, I want to do this thing. I want to give this thing the gravitas that it deserves. Yeah. So, and yeah. I, and that was something I made clear. Now, if it was, now there was like another adventure where it's like, hey, let's just have fun. You know, it, it, that, that would be a different story. You know, if it was like a really lighthearted campaign or something like that, which, you know, I got a couple of ideas cooking up in my head about that. Um, you know, for like lighthearted stuff where you can totally, you know, do this kind of like weird jackass style stuff. That's totally fine. But if you were to do that in Curse of Strahd, you know, that'd be like a sort of oil and water kind of situation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to say it again, but I'm super excited to keep moving forward with uh, Curse of Strahd. Uh, and if anybody, anybody's listening to this, uh, we actually uh, streamed the first or the second session uh, last uh, yesterday, actually. Without my uh, knowledge. Thank you. <laughs> Just to give a to give a, a little bit of a backstory to that is that I asked Andrew if it was okay for me to stream it, and his response was uh, okay. This is my response. You said, "Is it okay to to stream it?" And I responded, "Okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to say no, but you're going to do it anyways, and I'm probably going to forget about it." And that was a week before the second session. And I completely forgot about it. <laughs> the best part is that I told the rest of the players about it. And I told them the night before. And Howard almost gave it away. Heather straight up gave it away, but I played it off saying that my computer was messed up and we didn't, I, I wasn't able to stream it. Uh, so we went through the whole thing. And towards the end, after that, ended, <laughs> I just like stop talking and turn towards the stream and just say goodbye to everybody that was watching. And it freaked everybody out. And I got like the weirdest, like I'm on candid camera moment. <laughs> where I'm like, because, because you're like, Oh yeah. You know, have like, have a good night. Like Robert and stuff like that. I'm like, wait, wait is it, what the fuck is he talking to? <laughs> <laughs> Heather got super red. And <laughs> I felt I felt guilty, but not really because I told them, and they they agree with me. They they were down for it, uh, except well, for you, Andrew. Well, um, I mean, to, to be fair, when when you guys because I I watched the the stream back because I, I do have that much of an ego. Um, <laughs> well, it was also sort of like a okay, this is where I messed up on, and you know, right. I was like, you know, <laughs> it was it was akin to a football coach watching his games tapes. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, but uh, but. The part where I think it was Heather asked, like, hey, are we still streaming? Like yeah. that entire time I was like looking through my notes, so that completely went over my head. Okay. All right. That's when I was just like I texted her. I was just like, it was supposed to be a secret. Heather, shut the, shut just the fuck, fuck up. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was great. It was in my opinion, I think it was more of like a proof of 
proof of concept uh, for you guys to see it. I I watched it at work while I was I was going through to uh, to get the highlights, and I was yep. laughing even though I already knew what was going to happen. It was so, one of those things. It's like I felt, even though I I felt embarrassed afterwards, I felt like it needed to be done. Yeah, no, um, dude, I, I can't. I can only tell you so many times how good you are at, at storytelling. You won't believe it until you freaking see it. And even like Robert liked it. My my boss Jen was watching it while playing WoW and enjoying it. You know, it was, it was like, oh, this is really relaxing to watch while playing WoW. Like, I'm telling you, dude. You're fine. You you make it so much worse than what it is. It's not bad at all. I know. It's just it's just one of those things. Like I can't. Like I, I was watching. <laughs> what the fuck was that? I was a. Uh, it's a hack. <laughs> there, there's a goose in your apartment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not getting there. Um, but I was like, I was watching. I was watching a bit of the stream, and I got up to the part where Heather had the conversation with uh, the traveler. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I can't stand the sound of my voice anymore. <laughs> Dude, I hate the sound of my voice so much. I cannot. I didn't, I didn't hear myself DM until that one time that uh, Alex uh, streamed it on his account for like, it was like 20 minutes or something towards the end of Doom of Annihilation. Mm-hmm. And I watched the next day. Uh, I played it back, and oh my god, I could feel my blood. Just like I was, I couldn't believe it. I was like, "How can you guys let me talk? And how can you guys let me DM for so long?" And like, and 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 the thing about that is, is that the whole traveler, like, that wasn't even like an accent. That was just me speaking like more clearly and concise and a bit more posh i'm like i'm not even gonna try the vistani part like um no watch it dude it was good it was good uh but yeah so whoever whoever's listening to these uh you can go to twitch uh forward slash a talk of opportunity watch some of the highlights uh we got into a fight with um with some ghouls and it was we got our card reading and hopefully next session we'll stream it as well so you can join us uh, say I, hi to us. I would say personally, the highlight. I mean, if 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 I'm allowed to say that, because I know it's my campaign, but I need to be humble. But whatever. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say probably the highlight of the second session was the part where Wrighton sees himself being hanged, dude. Um, just because of how like coincidental the timing was on the music. Dude, I thought you timed it. I somehow I thought you practiced it, and you were waiting for the music to queue up, and you t- started talking at the right time. I swear, it was so perfect. It was really creepy too, by the way. The whole description. Nope. I just I just played the music, and because because I I had heard it before. I'm like, oh, this would be really good for something scary, and then I just played it, and it just it. All the puzzle—I mean, all the puzzle pieces—kind of fell into place, and it was something that I that like afterwards, like mm. I, I had, I had to smile at myself. I had to feel proud for myself because I'm like, that's never going to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm giving myself that one. <laughs> it was no, nah, it was good. The the, the whole sessions we had since the last bus podcast, the last episode, um, I think we had we had two sessions, right? And the first session, mm. oh man. The freaking empanadas. That was okay. So we 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 make it. We arrive to Barovia. Uh, by the way, I've already played this bit. Um, 
And I'm gonna yeah. go. I'm, I'm gonna go for it, Andrew, because I know yeah, they're well, not gonna. They're not gonna eat it. So I'm just gonna talk. I'm just gonna. Well, well, hold on. Just just to provide a little bit of context, I had I had previously ran Curse of Strahd for Jose, um, a mutual friend of ours named Rico, and then and then once Rico kind of dropped out due to his schedule, some like random people that I met online, um, but it kind of dissolved. It didn't really. It didn't really pan out. Yeah. Um, and that was what. Two. Okay, that was like a year ago, dude. No, it was longer than that. I want to say it was like two years ago. Actually, hold on, I have it right here. It might have even been three. No, 2018. It was okay. That felt that felt a lot longer than that. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, 2018 was the last conversation with Rico. Hmm. Yeah, sad. Oh well, I mean, it is what it is. So. So yeah, so I I had I had told Jose that hey we might be re- you know I'm gonna obviously try to change it as much as I can, um so that way it's it's not entirely retreading new ground but yeah he can't I I I made sure to stress it to you like hey try not the meta game <laughs> <laughs> I I've been playing dumb for most of these two sessions especially with the with the with the freaking uh, pastry lady uh, yeah and I was oh man. I was I, I was trying to role play really hard the fact that my my character wanted to eat it, waiting for somebody to like jump in and eat it or even my character eat it as a, by itself. But well, that that was one of the things. Like after the first session, like afterwards, I'm like they didn't fall for the pastries, did they? <laughs> <laughs> they don't. No, they they were so paranoid about being poisoned. Uh, it was it was great though. Like I my character's like I'm so freaking tired of rations. I just want to eat an empanada. <laughs> Oh man, but, I, but, I, I, tried, <laughs> I tried my damnest too to sell those fucking infinites. No, you did sell them. You, they, they were metagaming though because they knew that something fishy was going to happen. Because if, if you pay attention, after the session, the next day, everybody was eating empanadas. Yes. So if they were actually, if they were actually role-playing that moment, they would have bought some empanadas. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like it, that kind of that kind of walks that fine line. Like, is it metagaming or, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. because, because, because I think what's it. Cause I think it was, uh, Howard playing right. that's like, that's like Vesemir. Look at how we got here, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's when I was like, okay, fine. I, I, I guess I won't eat it. Yeah. And then of course, uh, Heather wanted to like, take one of the empanadas to open it and investigate it and do her, uh, her whole Sherlock Holmes uh, bit on it. Um, but yeah, no, that was, that bit was fun. Uh, <laughs> my other favorite one, and it was such a, it was such a fleeing moment, uh, for me, but I freaking loved it because it was so natural for my character to do is when we, um, when we went to the, we were, uh, excuse me. We were with, uh, we were helping Ismark, uh, bury his dad and we were going to, we went to the church we talked to the priest and then outside in the back uh we were start uh ismark started digging his grave or not his grave but his, <laughs> his dad's grave <laughs> and you, you mentioned you were like oh you know he's 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 he grabbed he grabbed the shovel and started digging his grave by himself and you know vesemir is just like oh, oh i'll help too and then uh uh small tracks the lizard uh, jumped in, and who else was in there too? Oh, and um, Ryan, Ryan jumped in there too, 
<laughs> then you're like, you know, you're like, okay, great. Uh, working together, you guys got it done in under 30 minutes. <laughs> and Vesemir is just like, all right, good job, team, and start like high fiving everybody. Yeah, great teamwork in front of Ismark and his dead dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah, no, I was, this is, this is for my dad. So thanks. <laughs> Ismark does not know how to, uh, how to process death. No, he doesn't know how to process a bunch of assholes. High five <laughs> digging his dad's grave. Hey, we got it done in 30 minutes. Okay. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. F- never mind. Never mind. I'm not, I'm not getting this argument. <laughs> but it came out so naturally for my character. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, I had to sleep next to the dead body because my character's obsessed with death. You uh, and small drags had to sleep <laughs> next to the dead body. And while we while we were leaving to take the dead body to the church, uh, uh, Lilith, the warlock, she was like, "Make sure there's no there's no missing toes or anything." <laughs> yeah, make sure he's all there. <laughs> uh, that was great, and, and, and that was one of those moments where Ismark and me, like as a DM, were just like, "Oh my fucking god!" <laughs> <laughs> what did I get myself into? <laughs> I think so far, I think so far, Ismark has asked himself so many times why he hired us. <laughs> it's just just out of pure desperation at this point, like. What was what was the other one? Uh <laughs> I think it was in the second session. Oh man. Oh, uh freaking uh small drags uh grabbed a bunch of um <laughs> he carried a bunch of bones from the graveyard back to the home <laughs> in the middle of the streets in plain view of everybody else. <laughs> and, then, and then he asked this part, like, where can I keep these? <laughs> and he's <laughs> like outside. <laughs> Uh, we, <laughs> I know you want to, I, I know that it's supposed to be like a very, um, uh, <laughs> creepy and dark and moody, <laughs> uh, setting, but God damn it. Our, our team is, it's so lighthearted. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, and I, I was, I was honestly like, I am not for any, for anyone in our group that's listening. I'm not at all upset by that. I was actually kind of expecting that. Yeah, um, because like I know you guys like to provide the levity, so that just means I need to go harder on the creepy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> my other favorite one from session two <laughs> was when um oh uh after after Lilith the warlock got her first vision, uh and she gets creeped out because she finds out. So she gets, so Lilith gets um, her first vision uh, as a drawing, uh, which is like as a wheel, and essentially it's like the it's like the it represents life. It's like a lamb that's alive uh, at one point in the clock, and then as it goes move forward, it dies and whatever. But the part that um, Lilith reacted to was the three three cloaked figures in the background. Um, which represents uh, the hags that uh, kidnapped her when she was young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she, <laughs> Lilith, Heather describes the. She when she realizes that she puts she puts she she puts a journal down and uh, makes a noise. It's like meh, like a meh <laughs> noise, right? And now we have a Kenku. <laughs> so Aaron. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like she's le- like within like seconds of Heather saying that, Aaron's like, oh, my uh, Talaxia, t- which is her Kenku, uh, mimics Heather and goes, man, man. So now you have two people going, man, man, on the webcam. And then, <laughs> and then, <laughs> uh, I, 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 <laughs> I just remember what happened. I think Alex didn't say anything. Uh, but Alex is just like, because his character doesn't know how to laugh. So he just starts laughing out of nowhere. He's, <laughs> it's just like, oh God, it's just a cacophony of madness. <laughs> and like, and like I, can't, I can't tell you how many times is Mark has like just held his head. <laughs> at the at like at like what's going on with the group? <laughs> I know I do a, a horrible job at describing this. If you want to see it, go to one of our highlights. It's uh, Lilith's first vision, and <laughs> you can actually experience it for yourself. It's so silly. I love it. I love this group. Um, oh. Mentioning mentioning uh, the Kenku, which we didn't talk about last time. We have a new player. Yes. Uh, yeah, her name is Erin. Uh, she's a co-worker of mine, and she's playing a rogue Kenku thief. Um, very exciting to have her on the table. Uh, she was a she was a little shy at first, of course, with all this madness going on. Uh, but she's warming up uh, little by little. Uh, but her Kenku, uh, her, her Kenku is great. I I want to see her take the Kenku to another a new level. And she's doing a great job so far, just mimicking all of the stupid shit that we said. Her, her kinku was no slouch in combat. Oh, dude, um, no, not at all. I mean, I mean, and 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 like, I have to give props for uh, Aaron coming up with the idea to use ball bearings. <laughs> um, no, no, because that that's actually something that's like, oh shit, that's really that's actually smart. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Heather's face when when Aaron said uh, ball bearings. I've never seen somebody so happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No, she's she's still great. I just played Nakenku Thief, uh Master Forger, so that's gonna come in handy for sure. Also the fact that she can replicate any noise. I mean she can replicate the uh, Strud's voice. That she has heard. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Uh so those uh, session highlights. Uh, a lot of things happened. Um, what else? Oh man, so much has happened. I mean, um, like, I don't, I don't know, man. I like, I don't. I kind of do, but I don't want to talk about it. What? <laughs> like, you know, like the sessions that we've had, because, like, well, I mean, should we? <laughs> you know, like. No, I mean let's 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 stick to like recent stuff because <laughs> otherwise we're gonna be on here for like yeah, two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna be sitting here talking about the same crap over, over <laughs> and over again. Yeah, uh, man. Um, uh, oh, uh, great news! We are officially on iTunes and Spotify. Yeah, yeah, we're official now. So uh, it, the the only thing that sucks is that we can't. We don't really use like a like a. There's no like a handle for iTunes, like a ad a talk of opportunity and the link to give you is like a bunch of random numbers. So if you're listening to us and it's not on Spotify or iTunes, make sure to go there and follow us. Uh, it really helps. And you can get our, uh, our episodes as soon as they come out. You don't have to wait for me to take my sweet time and upload them on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Which by the way, we do have a YouTube page. 
Getting a yes. couple of views. So we need we need thirty subscribers so we could get an, uh, a branded URL. So really? it'll be yeah, it'll be youtube.com forward slash uh, I talk of opportunity. Oh, very yeah. cool. That's why it's hard to push because it also has a bunch of random numbers. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, you know, it's all it's all starting out. So yeah. Well, one day we're gonna be rich. <laughs> ah, <so good>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, I will have to say though, the reception that we have been getting was a lot warmer than I was expecting. Yes. Um, yes. I was not expecting to have essentially everybody at your workplace <laughs> listen to it. Yeah. And I, and I was like, oh god, that's like a, that's like way more people than I thought. <laughs> it's only like like two more people. I know, but that's still that's two more people than I thought. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I just it's, it's so hard for us to actually like, like you said, it's so hard for us to receive praise. So the first thing we always say whenever somebody like mentions our podcast is just <laughs> we always go to this. We always resort resort to the same thing. Oh God, yeah. How can you listen to my voice? <laughs> yeah, every time someone's like, "Oh yeah, I showed this and that the podcast," oh, oh no. <laughs> I'm so I'm so sorry to disappoint you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, what else are we going to talk about today, uh, Andrew? Um, okay, so I thought it, you know, it would it would be interesting, you know, because we talked about um, starting a campaign. Um, I thought it would also be interesting to talk about the unfortunate endings of another yeah. campaign, um, yeah. and and this kind of bleeds into no pun intended. This kind of bleeds into um, uh, us going the Curse of Strahd, but Jose, at the end of Dragon Heist, you were suffering badly from DM burnout. Yes, yes, um, I was. So, so I, I don't. I have an, a knowledge of a certain kind of burnout, but could you describe to people that don't know what it is what exactly DM burnout is to you? Of course, uh, man. Okay, so I think we we touch we touch on this briefly on our last episode, but yeah. oh, man, at the end of Waterdeep, I was not. I wouldn't say to the extreme of like not wanting to touch any D and D books ever again, but I was getting close to that, and I do not want to ever be at that point. I want to be able to look at a book and be excited to read it. Right. And by the end of Waterdeep, I was not at that, uh, that in that mindset. If, if if I can honestly describe how you look, you look tapped out, dude. I was, yeah. I was, I, I I really was. And if if this was the only thing I did, I I don't think I'll be uh, I will be as tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we all have day jobs. We all have side projects that we're doing. D and D. I don't want it to be. Uh, we, I don't want to have day jobs for now. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't want. I don't want my D and D experience to be work. I want it to be enjoyable. Right. And not taking a break between Tomb of Annihilation, which was already a pretty big campaign, and Waterdeep was a huge mistake on my part. And. I, I just don't want to like repeat the same things from last episode, but it led to me. It it led it led me to run a campaign that was unsatisfying for everybody. That I was confused, and it was hard for me to portray 
what uh, you guys needed in order to enjoy the campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it was one of those things, man. It, it felt horrible to go. I didn't want the group to dissolve. Right. So, of course, I kept going. I kept going. I kept going. And I got to the point to ask you guys to run. I mean, I brought it up at the end of a couple of sessions. You know, like, who wants to run? Who wants to run the next campaign? Even if it was just a one-off. Luckily, mm-hmm. you took. You, you were, like, ready to go for Strahd. Um, and I'm so glad. Because otherwise, dude, I probably would have moved on to descending to Avernus. Or even worse, uh, freaking... Um, Dungeon of the Mad Mage because I am that kind of person that I just I just I just I don't want to stop when I when I'm doing something I like and I enjoy. Even if it comes at the cost of my sanity. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. Yes, exactly. Because I dude, I've heard so many horror stories of groups that just fall apart, never re- never recover, and then you have the guy, oh, I haven't played for like two, three years because, you know, whatever reason. And I love this group. I don't want it to dismantle. And they they always seem to be ready for the next adventure. And I do not want to disappoint. I just want it to keep moving forward. So the fact that you're running Strahd makes me so happy because it keeps us moving forward. And it gives me it gives us time to alternate and like, you know, take a break while the other one's doing its thing. But by the end of Waterdeep, I was mentally exhausted. I wanted to do so much more. But a bigger part of me just wanted to get it over with and move forward. Right. Because towards the end, it wasn't even worth it anymore. It wasn't like that spark of like, yeah, let's 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 go uh let's go take down Jarlaxle. Like it wasn't that. You know, by the by the end of Tomb of Annihilation, you guys were ready to like do side quests. Right. You know, and actually, if you think about it, I was already exhausted by the end of Tomb of Annihilation. You know, and and then I, even then, I still jumped in, jump into Waterdeep. Never, well, I, never do that. I think I well, you because you told me that you thought Waterdeep was going to be a more uh, laid back kind of experience. Yes. And uh, unfortunately, you know, that didn't really pan out that way. Yep. Um, Sadly. Yeah. So that's, um, and, you know, to anybody that really wants our thoughts on Wonder Dave, you know, listen to the first episode. Listen <laughs> <laughs> to the first episode. We talk right. plenty about it. I, what I would say to anybody who, like, especially if you're a, a new DM like I was or I am still, you know, even if you feel like you can keep going forward, don't burn yourself out. You know what I mean? It doesn't hurt to take a month break. Right. I have I have an obsessive, uh, an obsess- obsessive personality with things that I like, and you can ask my girlfriend about it. But like when it comes to a video game I like, I won't stop. You mm-hmm. know, any hobbies, anything that I like, it's just I want more. I want more. I want it all the time. Well, and, it's yeah. a, and it's a thing that I have to work on. Well, it's also it's also something that, and this is I'm just talking from personal experience because I don't know how it is for you, but it's also something like that. It's very easy to um, kind of start like a routine, and 
and how it got for me and this was like my own like little personal burnout but how it got for me was that on my days off i would work on notes and i would try to come up with ideas and blah whatnot blah 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 blah, blah. and it got to the point where it stopped being fun mm. it stopped being fun and started becoming work and you know and like you know not not to take away your limelight but that's that's kind of the that's kind of the lesson i learned it's like when you stop having fun with it and it starts yeah. becoming a job that's yeah. when you kind of need to walk away for a bit yeah nope you know? i completely agree with you a hundred percent uh and you know i'm not gonna say that it was dreadful to finish water deep it wasn't it was just it was i think it was it was what really hurt me what really got me was the thought that I I know I could have done so much better, but I didn't because I was just trying to rush to the next shiny thing, and I hate and that. It. And that's honestly the worst feeling in the world. Yeah, is knowing that you could have done better. Because I even I even voiced, um, I even voiced these concerns with you uh, last night after mm-hmm. the session. I was like, oh man, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. And the problem with it is, there's no rewind button. Nope. Like that, that's it. <laughs> yeah. You got to kind of live with the, you know, the consequences. Yep. And, 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 and to be fair though, there's, there's, okay. As an artist and by artist, I mean designer, I'm not like an illustrator or anything like that. Right. But like when I work on projects, I work at home side projects, whatever it is, there's always that, uh, that, that passion to keep improving it and keep, tweaking it and changing the colors and changing the weight of the stroke and moving this here and realigning it. It's, it's not mm-hmm. quite perfect. It's not quite perfect, which is fine. Oops, sorry. I just hit my mic, which is fine. Um, if it's something that doesn't matter and doesn't affect anybody else, because mm-hmm. you can just do that forever. But in the real world, and I'm, I'm comparing it to like my job as a designer, clients need their artwork. Right. The projects need to be done. So at one point, uh, at some point, you have to just look at it and just be happy with what you accomplish some, and, move and, for, and move forward. And sometimes, and despite despite this, the painstaking efforts you make, sometimes good enough has to be good enough. Yep. Yep. You know? Yep. And 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 that's what happened to me. I just kept moving forward, moving forward trying to do more and more and more and I should have just stopped right. and being just as simple as, okay, this is it for now, guys. You know, let's take a, a quick one month, which I mean, in all reality, one month is not that much. No. You know, one, month, one, one, uh, one month break and then we'll move forward to the next adventure. I should have done that and I didn't. You know? Uh, and, that, and that was my burnout. And, and the truth of the matter is, as much as we like to rant and rave and obsess over D and D and tabletop RPGs. At the end of the day, they are games. Yeah. You know, they're meant to be fun on both sides of the screen. Yeah, exactly. So, and, you know, and, when it stops becoming that, like what is there? Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think I am at a happy place right now because I get to hit things and I get to try to unravel mysteries in Cursor Strahd. I get to play with my players, which I don't think I've ever done that now that I think about it. Oh, no, I did. But it was like a, like a one-off that didn't matter. So I'm really looking forward to actually finish or accomplish like a big feat, you know, in, 
and uh, and, and Chris Estrada with my players and not as a DM. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's kind of the thing that's like that kind of, um, I think, I think the really beautiful thing about that is, is that when as a DM, when you get on the other side of the screen, you kind of start to understand how this works. You know what I'm saying? Like how, how this, you know, how the system really works and stuff like yeah. that. And, and, there was a lot of things that I incorporated as a DM from my experience as a player. Yep. yep. You know, and vice it, versa. And just, just, just the first session, it, it felt like such a fresh breath of air to just be on the other side. And then there were certain things that I was just like, Oh shit, that makes sense. I, now that I'm thinking as a player, it's like, I wouldn't ask that because of this kind of stuff. And then I, I can already incorporate that into like my DM thought process. Right. Yeah. And that's, and and that's the thing, like taking a break does not mean stop playing. It just means kind of, you know, get on the other side for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah. It also, it also doesn't mean failure. I think for me, it was, it meant failure to stop. No. Which there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's, there's absolutely, I mean, if, if no one had, if no one had, wanted to to sit in the dm's chair it would have been it would have been completely understandable Mm -hmm. for you to say like hey let's just take like a month maybe even two months after you know dragon eyes just to kind of more or less detox like decompress you know yeah yeah for sure so yep yep that was that was my burnout and don't do it man think i have a (laughs) actually i'll probably hear once we're done with Curses Trout, he'll probably be one of our, one of our uh, guests here. But uh, I have a friend who's currently not running, but he's involved with three different campaigns. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and well, I- yeah, I-, I think he's like running one and then like they, 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 uh, what's it called? Um, for what the little, the little bit I understand is they they rotate like one, you know, one person's doing some uh, DM in one, the other one's DM in the other, and so forth. Right. Like it's not the same person, but by the same, uh, by the same token, like that, that's a lot to keep track of. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and, and the thing about that is, even if it, even if you were like DMing two different games, I can kind of see that, you know, in in a more minor way of still taking a break, because. Because what's it? I I made a I made a really bad choice the first time I tried to run Curse of Strahd about like Curse of Strahd was literally the only adventure I knew for Five E. Like I didn't read, I didn't go out of my way to read any other adventures and stuff like that. And so, unfortunately, and I I, I had already told you about this, but unfortunately, by the end of the very first session, I was like, man. I just want to run a normal campaign, <laughs> you know, just like kill some goblins and crap like that. And that's because I had actually in a, in a really weird roundabout way, I had burnt myself out on the material. Cause you know? read it so many times. Yeah. So, but, but I mean, thankfully, you know, thankfully I got to be, you know, in the last leg of tomb of annihilation i got to be in dragon hive so i mean all the, the all the quote-unquote normal adventures are out of my system so there you go oh, yeah um 
But no, I'm really, again, I'm going to say one more time, we're looking forward to uh, Curse's Trot, man. It's going to be, I think, my first official campaign as a player. Yes. So, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, but in the world of D&D, uh, any news you want to bring to the table or anything you want to talk about that uh, happened last month or early this month? Oh, God, you want to talk about some, like, ultra-busted Unearth Arcana? <laughs> What else? <laughs> okay, so we can talk about like the Wild Surge Barbarian. We can talk about the Astral Self Monk. We can talk about the Druid Circles, and but let's get that out of the way. Let's uh, uh, no. <laughs> let's talk about this supremely broken Unearth Arcana class. <laughs> I'm talking and 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 I actually learned about this because. It was a freaking meme on on some of the subreddits first. Dude, I can't believe I didn't know about this. Yeah. Until you mentioned Well, well I mean, it, it all depends on the circles that you go to. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm talking about the Twilight Domain um, Cleric class, which, just to give you an idea how stupid this class is, at level one, it can see infinitely in dark vision. It actually says, as written, has dark vision with no maximum range. So all of a sudden, this, all of a sudden, your cleric, when it goes into the underdark, becomes like Superman. <laughs> he can see into the future. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like if. if 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 your if your twilight domain cleric goes outside at night, it could see the curvature of the earth. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it, it's just that. That's one of the things. Of, like when I read it, I'm like, holy crap! The, you have dark, you have dark vision with no maximum range. Mm-hmm. What? And that was one of the things that, like, when I read, it, I was like, Wizards Ghost, what are you doing? That is that is that is dangerous writing right there. Yeah, it's busted. It's it's so bad. <laughs> I wonder why they did that. I, I, I'm just curious, like, what's the thought process behind that? Like, I know it's test it's test play material, so like, do they expect people to like? Well, then again, how can you abuse no in, or infinite infinite sight? I guess. I don't know. Well, I mean, there is a way. There, Wait, I mean, I, as what? an action, you can magically give the benefit of this to any number of creatures yep. that you can see within 10 feet of you? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's broken. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, you extend this benefit a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier. Oh, well, at least they did that. Oh, okay. But it's it's like... I... <laughs> Uh, that's great. I can just imagine the characters. Yeah, I'm not very strong. I'm not very wise or intelligent, but I can see into the future. <laughs> what do your elf eyes see? I see everything. Everything. I just imagine that that little uh, uh, meme from Nickelodeon, the the guy that puts the glasses on. I can see. I can fight. <laughs> I I can see through time. <laughs> I can see everything. I mean, I mean, 
I I don't really see offhand right like right now a way to abuse it, but it just oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The way the way it's written, <laughs> it's just funny. It's it's great. It's great. Yeah, it's just it's just like I don't think I don't think you understand how vision works, man. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> great. No, beautiful. So, can I play a uh, <laughs> Twilight Domain cleric? No, the hell you can't. <laughs> Come on, I want to see straw through the window. From across the map. <laughs> that means okay, okay. That means that if you stood on a mountaintop in Barovia at night, you could see everything. <laughs> can I see what those uh, what the, the the card reading means? Yeah, like no, no, you can't, you can't see that. <laughs> oh man, oh, that's great. I mean, Twilight Domain has has infinite range and darkness, but can't it see the. What kids love about Sedimentos Crush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, that's cool and all. But let me bring, uh, let me bring out that, um, that barbarian, uh, sorcerer mix that they did. Yes. Though, though, is it, what's it called? The Wild Surge? Uh, no, Wild Surge is the, the the actual name of the ability, um, hold on, the primal path. Oh yes, yes, I am I am one hundred percent on board. With, okay, so you know me, you know I love my barbarians. Yes, <laughs> um, I I feel like there's not a, not enough love given to barbarians in five e. Um, actually, to be perfectly honest with you, I think the two barbarian classes in the player's handbook are kind of lackluster. I actually feel like the Unearth Arcana are way better choices. I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. The the the, the book ones they seem they're fine. They're great for what they are, but it's just like, okay, it's a barbarian. Yeah. I think I, I, I think the ones in Unearth Arcana and especially Xanathar's Guild, I'm like, if you don't play these classes, you're not playing it right. There's so <laughs> there's so much fun. Wow. Why are you shaming people for not playing those classes? I'm not shaming. Well, I mean, you should be ashamed. <laughs> I mean, that's like saying your Beastmaster Ranger is a good class. Anyways. Wow. <laughs> I heard, I suddenly heard the cries of millions of Rangers out there. <laughs> There's literally dozens of us. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I should have said that. Oh, man. But yeah, no, uh, you know what's funny about the Primal Path uh, Barbarian? Mm-hmm. That about a month ago or so, um, my friend Robert he uh, he was telling me about his 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 multi class in a barbarian and uh, and a sorcerer essentially. Oh. Dude, yeah. Okay, so whenever we have him as a host, he's gonna talk about it. I'm pretty sure we can ask him all about it because he's playing it too. Mm-hmm. So we can. That's something I'm very curious to see how it plays out. But and I can't for the life of me right now remember the freaking details. But it sounded pretty bomb, the combination, mm-hmm. and it, it, it sounded pretty amazing. And his DM allowed him to do it. So I think it's it's, it's pretty funny that uh, almost a month later, uh, Wizards released the Primal Path, which I think is very similar to the stuff that he's doing, <laughs> just yeah, a little bit more uh, more concise and you know, 
Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's obviously not an exact one to one, but it's pretty close to because. Oh, my God, dude, a wild magic sorcerer slash barbarian sounds like sounds like a world breaker. (laughs) Like, like this guy drew from the deck of many things and lived. (laughs) Yeah, no, I remember he was he he was so uh, so excited about it. He was telling me it, it sounded pretty bomb. It sounded actually really cool. Uh, so I think it's pretty neat that uh, we have the official uh, Barbarian Primal Path, uh, which pretty much the main thing is that whenever he rages, uh, you know, you get what essentially is wild magic. Uh, and some of them are pretty cool. Uh, you can go all the way from like, oh, you're doing necrotic damage with some energy burst or whatever, to uh, essentially growing plants and flowers around you and making the, the the area around you um difficult terrain for everybody else. Yeah, it kinda it's like some of them I'm I'm looking through them now and some of them are kinda just flavor. Mm-hmm. But but there's some that's like 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 the very last one, you get an extra two D eight radiant damage just yep. because the brilliant light lance that lances from your chest. Just rip your shirt off. Just Whoa! yeah, like <laughs> like you have you have like a freaking Iron Man like <laughs> like blaster like like chest laser thing going on. Yeah, it sounds like fun. It's um, I dig it. I I to, personally I haven't. I'm not a big follower of the Unearthed Arcana. Um, uh, just because it's I don't want to invite people to bring. Uh, play test material onto a campaign because it right. can break it. It can very much break it. Um, right, like this. These are something that I would be totally okay with on like a one shot, mm-hmm. or like even like a small like two to three session adventure. But for a long term campaign, no, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very dangerous. It could get really wrong. Uh, but I'm I'm a big fan. I need to read all of them now because uh, I've heard of like the main ones. Uh, you know some of the the, the fix for the barbarian and stuff like that. Uh, I'm sorry, not for the barbarian, for the ranger. Um, so from now on, I'm, I think every time they come out, I'm just gonna like read them, right? Because uh, I've, I've I've been missing out. Well, I mean, I I I have read um, a little okay. bit of the new Unearth Arcanas, and they're they're definitely fun. I I will I will not allow them, but they're definitely fun. Wow, you're restricting my imagination, man. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm offended and triggered. <laughs> Talking about offended and triggered, uh, but no, last month, uh, freaking Maxwell Jacob or whatever. I don't even who I don't even know who he was. Uh, posted that picture of him and selfie uh, at a gym, and he was like, "I don't play Dungeons and Dragons." Remember that? Yes. Oh man. Oh, I just want to bring it up because, like, I know it's all an act and it's all like to rile up people and like get into watch or whatever. At least I hope so because how shallow can you be? Also, uh, Matt, he's a professional Matt, wrestler, which is like, you okay. know, so, LARPing. So, so just just to give a a bit of context, it, we're talking about Maxwell Jacob Friedman, who goes by Maxwell T. Friedman or MJF, and there is a he he's a heel. Which, if anybody doesn't know, you know, basic wrestling terms, you have a heel and a baby face. Heel's a bad guy, baby face is a good guy. And this was for an upcoming match 
where he makes a Twitter post saying, um, I don't play your, you know, like nerdy D and D games, blah, blah, blah. And response, um, the baby face that he was going up against who, who the kayfabe behind him is that he is a nerd says, Oh yeah, well I do whatnot and blah, blah, blah. And, and this apparently generated a lot of, um, like outside tension by a lot of people that did. And a lot of people that did not get the joke. Yeah. Well, the thing, okay. So, uh, to clarify a little bit, uh, the, whoever he was going to fight, he was, he had a picture on, on his Instagram of him with like a DMV shirt, something like that. And right. that, so this guy, what, what do you call it again? The heel? What is it? Yeah. The heel. The heel. Okay. He, then he said, I don't play D and D, but then, but then our, uh, Lord and savior, Joe Manganella Nilo, uh, posted a picture of him on men's, uh, muscle and progress magazine, uh, saying I do. Right. It was a picture of him, like super bulk. Jesus Christ. This guy has like and, 20 packs. Yeah. So, so, so you got, you got, um, Joe Marinara saying that. And then you also have Matt Mercer sort of giving like a backhanded, like, uh, like compliment <laughs> to him or something like that. No, 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 no. Matt Mercer. I'm looking at it right now. Matt Mercer is an angel. He essentially told him. He was like, you probably had a bad introduction to D&D. Right. Uh, no worries. I did too. With the right group and a bit of trust, you'll you'll have the time of your life. Right. Hey, maybe ask Brent Cutler, which is the dude who was he was going to wrestle, to run a game for you after after he picks you off the mat. <laughs> now, now here's the thing. This was all in good fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. These yes. were people that were in on the joke. There were a lot of people that were not in on this, bro. Which at this at this level and at this age, I don't understand how people take stuff so seriously on the internet. Like, do you, do you honestly think in the <laughs> modern age? And 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 the thing about it is, is that is that um um oh fuck, I, I forgot the guy's name. MJF. He even doubled down. It's like, no, I'm not kidding. Your game's for babies. <laughs> blah blah blah. Which got more people pissed off which generated more talk about it. I'm like, guys, you're, you're literally playing into his hand. Yeah. Like, he's making a discussion about it. You know who he is now. Like, well, he, I'm not, I'm not saying he's a household name, but I, I didn't know who this guy was a month ago. Yeah. Same, same, same. <laughs> <You know? year. laughs> yeah. So oh, man. apparently you got a bunch of death threats, which please, please be a grown up. Why are you given death threats? That's not yeah. nice. Like this that's guy, not gonna accomplish anything. This guy is doing his job, and he and apparently he's doing a really good job at it. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, I honestly have to applaud him because this is this is real role playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's, it's, it's actual LARPing. Yeah, it really is. I mean, if 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 you want a good idea of how ridiculous wrestling is. Watch wrestling isn't wrestling on on YouTube by uh oh what's the guy's name uh oh god uh, hold on I'm gonna have to look it up but it's this amazing breakdown of how like wrestling isn't wrestling anymore and and it's awesome it's great and it's because well, well, hey let's be honest man like I know that when I was little and I by find Max, out Max Landis sorry that's the guy I was I was trying to think of his name. Yeah, but like when I was young and I found out that like, oh, you know, 
professional wrestling is not real. I got all disappointed, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, wait a minute, of course it's not real. But that doesn't mean that the stuff they're doing isn't any less amazing. There's that, there's that moment when you're like eight and you're like, yeah. oh yeah, wrestling's real. This is awesome. And then, be, and then you turn like 12 or 13 and you're like, wrestling's fake. This is stupid. Yeah. And then you yeah. come back around at like 22 and you're like, this is awesome. Again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, dude, it's crazy. Oh no, this was great. He, he, he did his job. He deserves a raise. <laughs> <clears throat> oh yeah. I'm pretty sure he did it. They got it. I mean, uh, Oh man, yeah, but no, I don't remember when that came out, dude. The first thing I saw was the death threat thing. Then I'm like, oh come on, like people, like don't don't do this. You're giving like our community, the D and D community is for the most part very welcoming, very nice. So when I saw when I saw a news post about how toxic and 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 intense the D and D community was, I was actually very surprised. I'm like, whoa what is going on here, which is what made me jump into the article. Right. And then all I had to do was go into his Twitter account, and just like read the comments. And I had the best morning at work ever. It was, oh, yeah. like, it was such great. a great, it was such a great, it was so good. <clears throat> people, people need to like relax. Like, well, I mean, well, cause I mean, I grew up wrestling. I mean, I not grew. I didn't. Whoa. Like, You're a wrestler. You didn't tell me. Uh, No. <laughs> Um, no, I grew up, I grew up watching wrestling. Like, you know, every week we watch like, you know, Monday Night Raw and whatnot. And so, and to this, I was delighted to see this. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, this is wrestling <laughs> taken to a whole new level. I, I didn't realize the potential of social media <laughs> until I saw this. And I'm like, of course, of course it is. This is awesome. I mean, it did. Yeah, no, the dude knew exactly what to do. Uh, it was great. It oh, was man. great. It was awesome. Oh man. Um, what else? What else? Uh, I think that's all we have for this episode. Unless that, you have anything else? We um, well, we definitely need to do a bit more research into Eberron. Yes. Um, oh, for for sure. Because because I barely skimmed the surface on what was what was revealed to be an Eberron. 16 new races and sub races. Ooh. One, six, 16. Now, let me ask you this. Um, just because I, again, this is my first trip into uh, the world of the Indian stuff like that. Um, Eberron is a new setting. So those Ever- classes can be played in either Eberron- setting, right? Evron is not a new setting, actually. I, I'm sorry. It's a, it's, it's a different setting. I, I didn't it, mean it, uh, oh, well, oh, okay. Well, sorry. Let, let me clarify. It's a new setting for 5e. Right. Um, this is actually, I want to say, based on either... It, I, I want to say it's a third edition. Not 3.5. I want to say it's a third edition. Um, but it's based on a setting where it's essentially... Um, steampunk instead of fantasy Mm. so there's like railroads and uh like what's uh what's the word there's an artificer right like yeah all kinds of like yeah yeah the artificer class for the for the new book for the new eberron book it's going to be officially published as a class it's going to be officially recognized as a class um instead of just being like unearthed arcana 
Um, but you know, it, it has like the, like the Zeppelins and the dirigibles and stuff like that. So, you know, expect a lot of like clockwork, you know, stuff and whatnot. Uh, I, I obviously, I want to do a deeper dive into it. Um, cause like I said, I skimmed like just the top of the iceberg on it. It's coming out this month, right? Or next month. Um, let me see. Actually, I want to say it's coming out fairly soon. November 19th. Yep. Rising from the last war. That's the name of the, uh, of the book. That's up. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, No, I'm super excited. Uh, I'm down for new stuff always. Um, another book I'm looking forward to actually, which is, uh, the, the re-release of tyranny of dragons. Yes. Yes, the uh, uh, remastered, quote unquote. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's official, but I, I think they are reworking a lot of the stuff that wasn't too hot about the first two books. Uh, first of all, the cover is gorgeous. Yes, and it's two books in one essentially. Uh, so yeah, it's like a remaster, and I'm super excited for it. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna run it. I know I want the book for sure. Um. But I don't know if I'm going to run it yet because, you know, I still have a Vernus queued up. Yes. So Tyranny of Dragons, which features the combined adventures of Horde of the Dragon Queen and Rise of Tiamat. And it features uh, concept art and whatnot. And it says it comes with a reworked opening chapter. So I don't know how much of this was redone, um, but it is actually coming out very soon. It's coming out October 22nd. Nice. So, yes, I'm super, which is the day before my birthday, just saying. <clears throat> <laughs> so, yeah, no, this, yeah. Is, this, this is very, int- I don't think I've ever, I don't know if I've ever seen a Dungeons and Dragons product where they go back to something older like that and just kind of, and again, I don't know how much of this is going to be new material. And how much of this is this going to be like just them essentially making like a greatest hits collection? Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, honestly, just just even going through the trouble of combining the two adventures, that's that's still awesome. You yes. Know? Yeah. Also, oh man, I, I just love the special edition covers. It's so beautiful. Oh yeah, no, that artwork is amazing. Yeah, definitely gonna get that. Uh, yeah, if anybody buys it from. Uh, because if anybody buys it because they heard us say it, make sure you send a message to Wizards of the Coast and tell them about a talk of opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so we can get affiliate links, you know, hashtag make that money. Um, I heard somebody on the Facebook page said that we were the uh, best DMs they've ever seen. <laughs> I, I've definitely heard that, too. I don't know what they're talking about, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they really have a very uh, little experience with DMs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, man, I can't wait to let them down. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. Me too. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, do you have anything else, uh, Andrew, you want to bring to the table? Um, you mean like for this discussion? Yeah, for the discussion. Um, we can briefly touch upon the fact that there is now a um a version of D and D for the deaf. 
Yes, I saw that on the new Dragon Plus. Yeah, they're they're they've actually made a um what's it? There is there is a an American sign language advocate named Misty Vander. Yeah. Um who is actually if 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 I'm if I'm gathering this correctly, is running games for people in Dungeons and Dragons using American Sign Language. Which um, holy crap, I can barely English. Can you imagine running a DD campaign in American Sign Language Sign Language? Yeah, and 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 she has a Twitter and everything. It's called ASL for RPG. Yeah, make sure you follow it. I'm I'm definitely following it on my Instagram. Yeah, I mean definitely check it out. This is this is something this is honestly amazing. Um, you know, the fact that there is like just completely breaking down all the barriers for Dude. this, you know, like I don't, I, I, I don't see any reason why no one shouldn't be able to partake in this. So I agree. I, I'm talking about Dungeons and Dragons, like at all. So the fact that someone's actually going out of their way to make it more accessible to, you know, those that, would generally be seen as inaccessible. I think. I think that's a very admirable thing. I I, I have to agree with you 100. I didn't even. It didn't even occur to me, man. Like how lucky we are that we can just you know run it without any problems. Like that's amazing. Somebody's actually taken the effort to like make this happen. So props mm-hmm. to them. Uh, follow them on their Instagram and their Twitter. Yeah, yeah, and that that's something that I do want to. Um, I want. I want to you know, dive a little bit further into kind of learn about some things and um, maybe like in the next episode, talk about it a bit more. Yeah. Um, for sure. Cause, cause all this, all these things that we're talking about right now, like I said, just scraping the tip of the iceberg on. Um, but these are, these are some seriously cool things that are, that are going on. Because our community is amazing. I'm so proud of this community. <laughs> <laughs> Until the day they turn against us. Nah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, because we're never going to be that big. <laughs> Good job, team. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, uh, so thank you for joining us this episode. Episode 2 of A, Ta- a Talk of Opportunity. Uh, make sure to follow us on iTunes, Spotify, or our YouTube video. I mean, our YouTube channel um, to keep up to date. Also, uh, we don't have a set schedule yet, but pro- probably twice a month, we're going to be streaming our games on Twitch at mm-hmm. a Talk of Opportunity. And come join us. Say hi. Uh, we don't have any prizes or anything cool, but <laughs> you can hear you can hear our voices again. Yes, yes you can hear our beautiful, sonorous voices. Yes. Uh, also, you get to meet the rest of the team, uh, the rest of the party as well, uh, which are all great people. Uh, and I'm so happy that they're in my group. And thank you for joining us. Uh, keep moving forward. Keep fighting. Keep DMing. Don't burn yourself out. And keep adventuring. <laughs> keep moving forward, but at a reasonable pace. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. Good night. Bye.